It has been said by some wise soul in the universe that family is art in its imperfect, loving human form. We understand messiness and are inspired by imperfection for through these things we learn to grow, to aspire, and to achieve greatness. We learn to thrive and we journey toward success. This is the art of family. So I welcome you to our family, the Cots family, where we create opportunities to succeed. Hello, everybody. I am Cheryl P. Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of COTS, and welcome to the Art of Family. Today, we are going to have a great conversation uh, with uh, two amazing people, Ebony Smith and Carissa Reed. And guess what we're talking about? What's what's the hot movie out right now? Encanto. Encanto. And Kanto, I love, I absolutely love that movie. And I think the themes were so deep that I actually had to watch it twice. I had to watch um, that movie uh, twice. And Ebony, I, I know our viewers are seeing you sitting in your car. So first, let me say Ebony is not driving. But for anyone that is a mom with children, you know that every now and then you've got to sneak away. Um, and as much as we love our kids, we need to sneak away and um, either take care of business or just spend some time. So Ebony chose her car. <laughs> <laughs> and Ebony, I, I get it. We, we all have um, just, you know, found a, a, a secret place to, to kind of just, just be. And so just want to make sure our viewers know Ebony is not driving. She is in her secret place uh, right now and with our podcast. So, so Ebony and Carissa, what, what do you all think about the movie Encanto? Ebony, I'll let you go first. Ebony, you go. Well, we're being completely honest. I haven't quite seen it yet. I've heard a lot about it. And okay. um, I did read a little bit on it. And I think overall that, first of all, I love Disney. And overall, I think they did a really good job expressing the the mentalness and the family togetherness and the secrets. Like, I think overall it was a good message because a lot of families don't, that's a lot of families. You got a lot of families with secrets. Yes. You got a lot of families who they may frown upon mental illness or mental unstableness or they just don't talk about it. You know, a lot of people like to sweep things under the rug. So for it not just to be a movie, but for it to be a Disney movie and a family movie, I think they did a, a really good job with hitting that on the nose. Especially because it also yeah. opened doors for children to be able to ask questions and express themselves. Yeah. Good, good point. Good point. What, what about you, Carissa? What, what do you think? I you absolutely love the movie. I, too, felt that Disney did a good job on um, creating, like, just moments where uh, it's just good conversation can come from it where it does address, uh, you know, family uh, traditions and uh 
and the the labels and all of that. I think that it has a, a it just is a good conversation starter. It was very good. We've seen it plenty of times. We actually listen to the uh, soundtrack um, on our Alexa all the time. <laughs> Great music. Yeah. Great music. Great music. Okay, so what was your favorite song, Carissa? <sighs> Did you have a favorite song? Yeah, I have to say, don't talk about Bruno. Don't talk about Bruno was a good one. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I, lo- I love that one. I love that one, too. But the, the opening yes. was a great song because it kind of gave you um, an overview of the entire like story. So it kind of set the stage, Ebony, for like what was going to happen. So if you miss anything, you can always kind of go back okay. into that. And my daughter told me, because she said, listen mm-hmm. to the beginning. Like, and, and she's singing really uh, about the, you know, second stage for what, what this um, whole movie um, is about. But so Maribel, our dear mm-hmm. Maribel, I, I, I kind of yeah. felt for her. <laughs> I felt for her. And so, you know, basically... This family, um, they have gifts. Everybody gets a gift. And at some point in their life, you know, there is this invitation to, you know, actually take hold of the gift, to receive the gift. And so apparently Maribel, you know, it's her day. And she goes, you go to this door, you turn the door doorknob and you receive the gift and literally with her, the, the the door basically fades away. And it's like, she didn't get a gift. That that was, so she grows up giftless, right? right? But then everybody else from her mom, her, um, her aunts and uncles and everybody, they, they have these extraordinary, extraordinary right. gifts. So she, she grows up like this with no gift. And and then there is this point in time, which is interesting, um, how each one of them, if you label them, they have, you know, some type of, of gift. So she goes through life um, without this particular label. And I want to talk about sometimes the labels that we as parents, as adult people, give our children or place on our children and have these expectations mm-hmm. of them, right? So, so Ebony, how does that resonate with you? Like, do you think you've ever been um, impacted or affected by that? Or how much your kids? I mean, and we can do it without really knowing we have these expectations. But what about you? Uh, yeah, I definitely. <laughs> you know, you're preaching today, I'm sure. No, but um I can honestly say I have put expectations on my kids not realizing that I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Like um I have an eight year old daughter and I just feel like it's certain things that an eight year old should just know that I ha- shouldn't have to constantly remind her about. But that's me putting that expectation on her when I have to take a step back to realize she's eight. She's still a kid. You still have to be reminded. Shoot. I was that age once upon a time. I had to be reminded of the same yeah. things. And 
when he just said that, it was like, ding, you're doing the same thing. So same for my son. Like, as I'm sitting here and I'm talking, I didn't realize that I put so many responsibilities on him as an 11-year-old. And with me putting those responsibilities on him, I'm expecting him to do it. And it's be, I'm expecting him to do it because I said so. And I, I have to take a step back and realize he's an 11-year-old boy. Some of these yeah. responsibilities yeah. you shouldn't even be asking him to do because it's not his job. Oh. Yeah, you mm-hmm. definitely just made me take a step back and <laughs> realize some things about myself. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know what, um, Ebony, but we all, we all do it, you know, trust me as as we're we're all parents on this call. Right. And we may be at different stages. My, um, children are now adult, very adult people, but I'm, I'm still reminded, um, about the labels that, that I've put on them. And really it, it, my daughter's very good at saying, and the expectations, mm-hmm. right. And how, how that yeah. impacts yeah. them, right. It impacts them in extraordinary ways that, that by the way, could be yeah. damaging. Right. So um, just this movie in Kanto really like literally plays yeah. it out of, of how, that really unfolds in the life of of families. Chris, what so about to you? to add to what Ebony was saying about our, our children, um, in that movie, all of the uh, all of the family members uh, received their gift when they were children. And you think back to what we said yeah, and the pressure yeah. we put on our children of this expectation of what they're supposed to live up to, and then how they found their identity in the family. And as it plays out through the whole movie, that expectation, that pressure um, was their identity. And it wasn't until, and I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but it wasn't until towards the end, they realized they were so much more than what was was told Mm -hmm. to them, what was set up for them, that they had more to offer and they were, bigger than the box that was created for him. Yeah, yeah. So so one of the characters um which uh, actually is Meryl Maribel's aunt, the, the one yeah. that's strong. I, I don't unfortunately remember her name, but she she's like yeah. really strong. And so you see her ebony in the movie, you know, carrying a bunch of was it sheets of goats donkeys. or something? It was a, po- a herd of something, and a yeah. bunch of donkeys, right? And then she also it, moving houses. You know, oh, go over there, and you know, th- so they have all the. In fact, she actually became her yeah. gift. No one saw anything else or expected anything else out of her but that. Yeah, and and her life ended up being just in this almost like a yeah. vacuum. There was she she had no other identity but but her gift. And so I think that's some of the things that when I think about this particular movie that I think is yeah. detrimental, right? It when we when we look at that that character as and the gift and they become one. How, how does that resonate with you, Ebony? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what my gift is. 
<laughs> so I like to believe I have many different talents, but I'm definitely, but you know, I guess thinking now how you said everybody expected just her gift from her. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of how my family look at me. And it could just be my own personal expectations, but I have a hard time saying no. I'm a pushover when it comes to saying no with family. So it's almost like, you know, they're so used to me saying yes, 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 yes. And when I, that one time that I say no, is like the world has ended. But it's almost like every time they call my phone, they expect for me to say yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, huh. Okay. I need to watch this movie. This, this, this. Right. Because <laughs> what you said, Ebony, was exactly what happened. And as soon as she wasn't able to say uh, yes, even to herself, she felt some type of way. She she didn't know how yes, to handle that. Mm-hmm. And it I, was I hard. Feel, I feel like person. I feel like I'm letting people down when I yeah. Yep. But yeah. I, I, I also, on the other hand, it's like, like they say, you can't pour from an empty cup. And yeah. I have to get to a yeah. point to where I have to be honest with myself and say, listen here, ma'am, this cup is dry and you ain't going to get nothing else out of it. You got to say no. You have to go back and refresh. Yeah. You got to go do something, but you're not going to make it. Cause this you're preaching, Ebony, preaching. seeking the counseling and you know just different things like that healing from childhood trauma it's like more yeah. that i talk and i let it out and i tell my story the more i'm realizing different flaws about myself and where i need to fix some things about myself and then hearing about this movie is like it's making these light bulbs go off like you needed to hear that 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 you need to try that so I got yeah that. yeah so, so look, on, on that note, we're going to come right back. Um, um, so I, listeners, hey, this is a deep mm-hmm. conversation, right? And um, Ebony and Carissa and to everyone that's watching, um, just come right back um, and, and uh, check out this conversation. I honestly believe it, it not only is an opportunity to like, really pause and yeah. think about um, the, the types of interactions in our families that aren't as healthy as we Mm -hmm. think, uh, but also, you know, think about our role in it, right? So come right back. When the world is uncertain, having a focus can make everything clear. At Gallagher, our focus is community. It's a simple word that can mean many things. The places where we live and work, the industries where we do business, and the new connections we form around new ways of interacting. As your community insurance broker and consultant, Gallagher's purpose is to help you move forward with confidence by managing your risk, by helping you foster a healthy, thriving workforce, by holding ourselves to the highest standards of ethics, and by bringing together global reach and local expertise to help your business, your community, through every challenge you face. So whether your doors never closed or you're looking to return and rebuild, our focus remains where it's always been, on you and your community. 
because that's what it means to build confidence together. Well, welcome back, um, everyone, to The Art of Family. I'm Cheryl P. Johnson, Chief Executive Officer for COTS, and I am here continuing an amazing conversation about the movie Encanto uh, with Carissa Reed and the Ebony Smith. Uh, again, for those of you that are just joining in, and you may see Miss uh, Ebony sitting in a car, it is her respite place um, away from the kids for a while. <laughs> she's not she's not driving. She's actually just uh, uh, in the car uh, having a conversation. And we were talking about like the labels uh, from this mm -hmm. movie, and it kind of stirred up something I think in all of us. And for anybody that's uh, had an opportunity to uh, view the movie. Um, it is just that that is a theme that just pops out from the very beginning and and plays throughout um, to the very very end. But Ebony, you said something I, I thought was very interesting. Um, as adult people, and I've heard this before from others, when they say, "I don't." I'm not even sure what my, my gift mm. is, right? I'm not sure what my gift is and how, you know, how do I find it? So so I want to give a response to that because in this movie, Maribel actually had her gift. She was mm -hmm. the gift, right? And she actually was living out her gift. And I am one that believes that you are born with your gift. I believe you're born with it. And we tend to find ourselves just through the vicissitudes of life, like pulled away in all directions, really away from our core of, of who we are supposed to be in the world. So I would say not only to you, but to our listeners as well, is like to tap into that thing that brings you great joy, great passion, because believe it or not, in the world that we live in, the distractions actually pull us away from that, right? They pull us away from like really understanding what brings us great joy. And if we find ourselves and get back to that, I guarantee you, you'll, you'll land on your gift. So I just wanted to um, say that because I, I thought about, you know, when you, you said that and so many people, um, you know, often say that. But, but one of the other characters um, in... Uh, this movie is Bruno. Don't talk about right? it. And Bruno is uh, uh, Mirabel's uncle. And anytime you bring up his name, they go, no, don't talk about Bruno. In fact, one of the great songs is don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. They, it's just a great song, by the way. And you find out as Bruno begins to show up physically in the movie, yeah, he's a little quirky. But Bruno's gift was so unique that people were afraid of it. They were actually afraid of his, his gifting. Like he could see things in the future. And because sometimes it didn't pan out the way people wanted it to, you know, they kind of marked him. So he, he hid. I'm, I'm curious, like, are there, and without naming them, like, have you seen that show up in, families where there's that, almost they call them the black sheep in the family, when later on you find there's a story, right? Right. Uh, 
You know, there's only one black sheep in my family, and that was my aunt. She passed away a couple of years ago, but but then I, I really can't. Even, I mean, she was the black sheep because she told me she was, mm-hmm. and you know, she said things that people just didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, I guess the way that you describe Uncle Bruno, I, I would like an uncle like that. I would like for somebody to tell me the future. <laughs> it might not be what I want to hear, but. I want, I want Uncle Bruno too. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bruno, yeah, I, I, I get that. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely is some, you know, family that are that are there, but um, I, I, I too, I liked Bruno. Bruno, Bruno, I, I felt for Bruno through the movie and, and uh, his participation with the family always, you know, being there. So, yeah. 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 And, and I think they were like, part of it kind of illuminated some secrets. Like, so, so it was like, don't talk about Bruno. And I think in every family, like every family, there are some undercurrent Mm -hmm. stuff, like, that has happened that went on and as long as we don't talk yeah. about it it's almost like it didn't happen right and i find uh there there's two words that come up is avoidance and dismissal yeah. right you either avoid it or dismiss it in a way to not really address it because fear you know there's fear in doing that like how does that resonate like does that make sense it doesn't, and it's unfortunate, especially with a lot of families, because, um, like they say, you know, a lot of parents will be like, "What goes on in this house stays in this house." Well, yeah, if yeah. what's going on in this house is hurting me, then what am I supposed to do about it? Wow, like to just sweep stuff under the rug and not deal with it, and then later on in life. That's when it creates those issues, those insecurities, those mental illnesses that nobody likes to discuss or nobody likes to put a name on it. Yeah. And so yeah. it sucks, but that's how a lot of people are. Yeah. That's how a lot of families are. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes perfect sense. And I, I think you articulated it yeah. quite well in terms of even what we see in with a lot of our families, right? There's been a lot of hurts. There's mm-hmm. been amazing trauma. Uh, and 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 people actually live through it, right? They they've survived it, but now they're in this survival mm-hmm. mode. It's, they they can't even thrive because the trauma still sits there, right? And even though they may not be experiencing it in the, this current time, the residual effect mm-hmm. of it, right, has the hurt. Um, it's, it's still there and um, behaviors come mm-hmm. out of that, right? There's certain things that can happen. We respond to it a certain way and then we begin to act out of that for the rest of our lives until we actually either get some help through therapy, through coaching, or to actually mm-hmm. facing it. Right? There's sometimes there are times when we have to have a conversation with people about certain um, hurts or things. So I think that was one thing that really kind of came up. Maribel went and found mm-hmm. Uncle Bruno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> found him. Yes. Yeah. She she I'm found him. Just like that. But um yeah. you you described it. You explained it so well. Because 
I can remember things happening to me as a, a kid. And now here it is. I'm a grown woman and I have my own kids. And it's like before seeking that help, I didn't know how to deal with mm-hmm. it. And so from a kid to a teenager, now as a grown woman, you know, I acted out. And yeah. because nobody knew what was going on within me and I didn't feel comfortable explaining it or not even knowing how to explain it, it was a, oh, you're just doing that to get attention. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. doing it to get attention. But it's also a matter of, I don't even know how to explain to you what's going on. So this is just me being acting out. Like I was a rebellious teenager. Losing my mom, that's an example. That's something I've healed from so I can actually talk about. Losing my mom at the age of 11 and being the one to find her dead, you know, that's a very tragic situation. And being a kid and not knowing how to explain how I feel, not knowing how to explain that hurt, not really wanting to talk to people about it, you know, all of that bottled up and it caused for me to act out. And then when I did get to a point where I did want to talk about it, the best that I could, nobody understood where I was coming from or how I was feeling. So it was even more frustrating. And so it caused me to act out even more. But now as a grown woman, I can honestly say I've gotten the help that I need from that. And so I've healed. But describe the way you just described it, it was like, yes, I've I've been through that and I know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That that was um a pretty powerful mm-hmm. um ebony and, and your own ability to um to learn and to grow and to develop is now a gift that you give to your own kids, right? Who who will experience hurt because they're in this world, right? So they're going to experience hurt. You know, kids do some mean mm-hmm. things. I mean, you know, they do some things to each other that's just totally beyond me. Like, wow. Um, and it's painful. And 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 they were say they were in school and that happens. So kids have not been taught how to say I'm yeah. hurt. So hurt tends to be a word that um, makes people feel small to say I'm hurt. So it's, it's better to say I'm yeah. angry. And when in fact you aren't angry, yeah. you're hurt. And the, the more you articulate the right feeling, then you can get kind of the right response to it. And I think even how you act out yeah. of it. Um, really changes. Does that does that yeah. make sense? It does, and it's actually true. Like when you when you put the right, like you said, when you put the right words with the right actions, you get that reaction yeah. that you need. Because it's, it's so many different reactions for so many different situations. Mm-hmm. It is, and not is. just even kids being mean to each other in school. You never know what a kid is going through at home and how their parents react. And I I just noticed, and again, even speaking from my own personal experiences, we as parents sometimes forget what it's like to be a kid and to Mm -hmm. not be able to express ourselves. That at once upon a time, I couldn't come to my mama and say, I'm pissed off. Excuse my language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... And I, I try my hardest to do this with my kids. I try my hardest to allow for them to express themselves and, and to tell me, like, listen, 
we in the heat we in the midst of a conversation if you're upset say you upset if i hurt your feelings yes. say i hurt your feelings don't shut down and tell me that nothing is wrong when one i can feel your energy and two i can look at you and see that something is wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even being a teacher going to school seeing from the sixth graders all the way up to, down to the kindergartners just seeing that all of these babies are experiencing different things different type of emotions and stuff and they not know how to display it and even taking it back to acting out i don't know how to tell you what i'm going through so instead of me telling you or even trying to explain it to you i'm gonna act out i'm gonna be the class clown i'm gonna Mm -hmm. be the bully i'm gonna do all of these other things because something is going on and i don't know how to explain it yeah that's that that's that's full ebony (laughs) That's full. That's full. <laughs> yeah. I actually think we need to continue because we are running out of time. <laughs> I think we need to continue this conversation. There's going to be a part two <laughs> and uh, to, to this Encanto movie conversation. And maybe we'll invite uh, uh, Ethel and some others and uh, to have some more dialogue with us. This is rich mm-hmm. and this is amazing. But today we're going to have to end uh, with on this note that we, we do recognize the, the many labels that we are capable of putting on our children and yeah. on others. Mm-hmm. But there is always this opportunity. And I think even through this podcast in yeah. learning that and identifying, hey, Wait a minute. There, there's there's an opportunity to turn it around, right? While there's still time, and we're never we're never too mm-hmm. old to to stop, you know, to learn something new. And um, I'm glad that even at this age, I can still, as my children are adult people, learn to be a better mom to them as an mm-hmm. adult, right? Adult to adult now. So um, hopefully, there's opportunity for us to come back. And to, as I say, huddle up uh, again and have some more conversation. And I'm, I'm so glad that all of you joined us and looking forward. And I'm sure there will be part two to this particular podcast around Encanto. Thank you again for joining the Art of Family. I'm Cheryl P. Johnson, Chief Executive Officer of COTS. Thank you for listening to the Art of Family a podcast that serves to share triumphs of families overcoming poverty and homelessness. As families journey towards stability, Cots believes there is always beauty to be found along the way. Through partnership, mentorship, and relationship, we all create opportunities to succeed. To support this mission or to learn more about Cots, our families, or our partners, visit us online at cotsdetroit.org. That's C-O-T-S-Detroit.org.